Hey everyone, my name is Hazen and I am the GM for this D&D podcast. Thanks for listening in and I would just like to say welcome to Nat One Nation. My name is Hazen, and I am the DM for this podcast. Uh, first off, we're going to go through and just meet everybody like we did, I believe, in our episode zero. So first, we'll start with my lovely wife. Hello, I'm Carly, Carl, Coley, whatever you want to call me. I am wife, and I am also player. Hello, Carly. And the first person who said, Coley, you are... Uh, my name is Hamza. I am player, sometimes jokingly husband of DM. Oh, Lord, uh, here we go. Off to a <laughs> good said it on the podcast, start. it's official. Just, just gotta get the ship sailing. Just gotta get the ship sailing. <laughs> Can somebody please do some romantic fan art of the husbands? I thought that was your job. That is my job. Okay, well, oh my since God, thank we're you, on Lord. that subject, my second <laughs> fake husband... I'm Jared. I am the best of the husbands. We'll just get that out of the way. <laughs> also a player in the D&D sense. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, extra, extra we have the wife oh, of my wife. You. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Mr. Wood. I am the editor and the wife of the wife and one of many wives. Yeah. Nothing but oh, love here, guys. All, all the love. Okay, welcome to Laura, a world steeped in wonder and mystery. What you guys see in this moment, you see a ship kind of sailing along the waters. Seems to be fairly calm. Painted on the sides of the ship, you see a scale and an anchor. Basically, the anchor is underneath the scale, where the scale is pretty even. You can see, like, different types of goods on the scale, but this is obviously some sort of logo on the side of this ship. As you see this ship kind of sailing along, all of a sudden you hear a crack of thunder. The ship starts to rock, moves back, forth, slamming against the waves as rain all of a sudden begins to pour down upon this ship. A man shouts out to his crew and he goes, Hold fast, men. Let us make it through this storm. The ship is toppling, slamming back and forth trying desperately to get through this storm, comes to a full point where most of the men on the ship are gripping the sides of the ship, gripping the mast. Even the captain himself is holding onto the wheel with his eyes completely closed, terrified of what's going to come next. When all of a sudden, the captain stops and opens his eyes because he feels the warmth of sun on his face. It almost is like... The storm has just almost instantly passed. It, it was such a short period of time that it was almost just awestruck by the, the fact that this storm came and passed so quickly. And as the captain opened his eyes, he hears one of his sailors shout out, And as he looks over the edge of his ship, he can see this beautiful green landmass of mountains and forests just kind of like off on the horizon. And this landmass that he comes across is the world of Perdia. So now we cut to you guys. You guys are in the 
uh, city of Astara. Um, this is on the main continent of your country. Sorry, the capital of Astara. See, this is why I had my world Bible open and I shut it down and I don't know why. This is the process I have where I lose complete track of what my <laughs> thought process is. <laughs> you have a process? I'm, I'm surprised even if I do. Let me just scroll down a little bit here. Azora. I got it. So you guys are you guys are mostly from the capital of Azora. Um, as we already know this, we've talked about this in our episode zero and our Patreon content, which we will talk about later. We'll worry about that now. So the capital city is a very large city. Uh, it's it's very it's very much a buzz with people. It is a very large landmass of the country of Astara. Obviously, it's the capital, so it's going to be very busy. Uh, like you, when you're standing in the city, it, it's just, you can smell, it's very strange. It's like a smell of pleasure and, and nauseating at the same time. It's, it's like the smell of sweet foods as well as, as, um, manure, if that makes sense. It's very harsh. Otherwise it's, you guys have been here quite a few times as a group. Um, I shouldn't say as a group, you guys don't know each other at this point, but Basically, you guys kind of like the city, but also hate the city, if that makes sense. Yeah. The best way to kind of like describe the way the city looks is it's very musty. You know, at one point, the city would have been very vibrant in bright colors and exciting cultures. But in more recent years, the city has kind of almost become dull. First off, we're going to start with Jared's character, Jared, would you describe your character for me? Alright, so I'm Jared and I'll be playing Aluin. Aluin is a pallid elf, uh, roughly 5'10, 178 centimeters, approximately 190 pounds. Didn't do the conversion to kilograms, sorry. Uh, pale blue eyes, he's 131 years old, silver hair. Uh, he's dressed kind of finely, not necessarily like a high noble, but does appear to be well-educated and works in courtly fashion. Uh, the sides of his hair are shaved, and his hair is kind of pulled back in a small, very short ponytail. Uh, he's got a septum piercing and gauges about a half inch in each ear. So basically, obviously I know more about your character than everyone else does, but with your certain specific, specific set of skills, you seem to be watching the crowd more than most people would be watching the crowd. For the rest of you guys, at this point now, you get, you're you all starting to work your way to the ships that are now moving their way to the world of Perdia. It has been about 10 to 15 years since the discovery of Perdia. You've all heard of the fortunes that are being made there. This is a, a, a almost like a proverbial gold rush. People are rushing to try and get to Perdia because they feel like they can start anew. The continents that they have now, it's not that they're lacking in anything, it's just excitement of a prospective new start for a lot of people. They're all pushing their way to try and get to that new start. So Jared, you are, your character is getting ready to join the line to get into and onto one of these ships that is going to take you to Perdia. As you're kind of watching the crowd and you're waiting in line, you notice a tiefling kind of standing 
awkwardly off to the side, looking a little shifty, if that makes sense. He's trying to... You get the sense that he's kind of trying to... Like, looking over his shoulder a lot. Kind of, like, scared. Hemza, would you describe your character for me? Yeah, so I'm Hemza, and I'll be playing Mal. So as Hazen mentioned, he's a tiefling, he's a warlock, and he's about 5'11", 175 pounds with tan skin. He has long flowing dark hair and some very well-groomed facial hair, uh, very unnaturally green eyes, more neon green, and he wears clothes that are nice but practical and not over the top in terms of their quality so very much wanting to look good but also be practical there he is sort of yeah looking over his shoulder giving off the vibe that he's wanting to get the hell out of dodge there for whatever that's worth so this guy stands out to you you kind of keep your eye on him for a little bit kind of confused and untrusting it when all of a sudden your concentration is completely shattered by this sound of a pan flute where all of a sudden now your attention is drawn across the crowd to a halfling that is not a halfling i'm a gnome gnome sorry a gnome i'm trying to get this all right <laughs> my apologies god damn it he's in um where you're i know okay i was doing so well <laughs> Your attention is shattered as you look over across the crowd and you see this gnome just hashing it out on this pan flute. Wood, would you describe your character for us, please? My character is Karina Swiftbraid, as Hazen stated. My, she's a gnome. She is three foot two, so diminutive to say the least. 43 pounds, which is approximately 19.5 kilograms for people who don't, you know, live in the U.S. because we don't. Uh, her eyes I mean, are... even Canada, we use pounds, exactly. so you're good. But hey, it's nice to be inclusive. What if we have UK it's true. listeners it's true. or any European listeners? He's in. Exactly. Please. Anyways, continue. She has large black eyes, ruddy brown, tanned, like deep tan skin, dark green hair, and it's wild flying all around her. It's filled with lots of tiny braids and little beads and jewels. And she is just going crazy on this pamphlet. She's about 25 years old and she distinctly looks like a wild beast. So you are now like, you're just blown away by just this this very extravagant personality of this person. You, you're like I said, your concentration is broken. And you're kind of like watching her in, I wouldn't say completely amazement. Just more of shock value, if if anything. Um, when all of a sudden something else catches your your attention, and you hear in the background, "Make way, make way for the prisoner." And as you kind of like stop and turn to look towards where the sound is coming from, you can see a couple of guards, completely clad in the regalia of of Azora, right behind. You see a half elf walking completely in chains behind in this group um carly would you describe your character for us please i am carly i will be playing the half elf rogue that is mave mave has long pin straight fire red hair and jewel green eyes she's about 170 centimeters which is about five seven or so and she's fairly lean very sprightly very athletic looking she's got an eternity knot tattooed in the center of her chest and she also wears 
a turquoise-colored hagstone on a leather strap around her neck. She's wearing, like, a green linen shirt with a vest, some leather pants, and some pretty fierce ass-kicking boots. As she walks by, she's sort of uh, winking or chuckling at some of the people that she notices staring at her, clearly not taking the situation very seriously. So, as you guys are kind of all now moving into your position, you guys are all trying to get onto basically the same ship. Wood, you're the only one at this point that isn't really paying attention to which ship she's supposed to be on. That tracks. But otherwise, you guys have, like I said, you're all trying to make sure that you get on the ship on time. Is there anything you guys want to do before you leave? There's not much time, so it's not like you can run into town and grab anything. I don't think I have this any This is your last window before we hit the ship. I aimlessly... No, you don't. You, you just be quiet over there. <laughs> My option is to get fucked, bitch. Sorry. That was really aggressive. Well, y- yeah. <laughs> Alwyn will notice the shifty-eyed tiefling and walk over to him and very discreetly say, don't maintain off me. Are you an enthusiastic difference? Um... I'm sorry, what what is that supposed to mean? I'll reply with, I, I, I don't look at him or anything. I maintain just looking forward. I, I just say never mind and walk away. What a very strange man. Karina aimlessly wanders by, still playing her, her pan flute, bouncing a little bit with us, hair flying around her, and just wanders onto a ship. So, Carly, your character, she is basically ushered directly onto the ship. It's almost like Karina basically almost knocks one of the guards over as she tries to force her way onto the ship before the guards happen. But you guys are, the the two of you are basically going up and onto the ship at this point. I didn't think I had much of a choice in the matter, so I just assumed I was going. That's that's why I'm, (laughs) you're just laughing at the... At the fact that you're arrested at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm clearly not taking the situation with any manner of seriousness whatsoever. Mal isn't going to waste any time, and he's going to get himself onto a ship as soon as possible as well. Yeah, as stated, Alowin's already, after that little brief interaction, is already making his way to the ship. Perfect. So you guys kind of climb all onto that ship. Um, again, it's all the same ship for you guys. And after some time, the ship leaves port and starts to sail directly out into the ocean. Let me just pull up the map quick for you guys. Just so everyone knows that's possibly listening to us at this point, all these maps will be posted eventually. Uh, Specifically, like the world map here, I'm going to post it on er, Instagram. Sorry, I was about to say Imgur. That's not what I meant. I'm going to post it on Instagram so that everyone can get a rough idea of the world itself. But on this map here, guys, you you can see in the top left corner, uh, that is roughly where you guys are. You set out from that point and you start to kind of just sail directly out from the landmass to the east. You guys are literally out to sail for... About six weeks or so, you guys, if you choose to do anything on the ship before we get too far into this. Uh, would, sorry, would I be in some kind of 
crazy. Well, you'll be in the galley, like in the in the stockade you know, under the ship, chained up and behind bars. Yes, you are. Where you belong serves you right. Yeah, it does. So this the crew is pretty pretty um, like sparse. There's enough guys to run this ship, but you can tell that this ship is more of a cargo ship than it is a like a person transport. So you can kind of tell that this is not something they do on a regular basis. They're kind of just shipping certain people over. You guys are all in the process of kind of heading over to Perdia to the like their their outpost where you guys will join the garrison there. And Maeve, you don't have a choice. <laughs> I know this. I mean, do any of us really for story's sake? <laughs> no, not for story's sake. But you guys all made the choice willingly. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Maeve, on the other hand, did not. No. No. That's part of her punishment. Tentacles, shackles, My. and dominatrix. Got it. <laughs> uh, Krina will spend her time uh, listening and learning all the sea shanties the sailors might sing, and of course entertaining all everybody on the ship with song and with music, and hopefully making some coin off of it. Oh, you know what? I would like you to roll me performance, please. First roll of the campaign, let's no. go! <laughs> that would be fitting. That would be fitting. And it would also be my luck. Mm, Fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. You, like, rightly, really, like, entertain sailors. They almost lose track of their duties. They're just so entertained by this gnome just belting it out on the pan flute. <laughs> Yep, pan flute. Sometimes I'll take out the lute and sing some songs. I really was excited that you picked the pan flute because I just think that's so perfect for your character. Because your character, I can picture your character wanting to sing, but they would pan flute it and then start singing. It'd be really silent and just you singing. Yep. And then pan flute again. Yep, just back and <laughs> forth. And, uh, sometimes I'll take out the, the lyre or my viol. Because I have a flute, a pan like, flute, a, a viol, and a lyre. Like, the other ones make sense because you can actually play them and sing. Mm -hmm. But, like, the pan flute I just find is just perfect. Perfect, yep. perfect for your character. <laughs> just bounces around and plays the pan flute. Anyone else doing anything? Uh, so is Maeve the only prisoner on the ship? Uh, yeah, so she'd be the only one that you saw being brought over, at least in chains. How well guarded it are the, is the galley? There's a sailor down there. There's not a lot going on. They obviously aren't super worried about her escaping. I mean, the fact that she's on out in the middle of the ocean at this point, they're not super stressed out about it because where she's going to go. Yeah, and it, it's safe to assume that any passengers on this boat are probably going to the garrison. Uh, most of them are going to the garrison. There's a few people that are, I would say, are traitors. With their goods, they're just making sure their goods are safe. Beyond okay. that, yeah, you guys are mostly the large group that's going to the garrison. Okay, if able, uh, I would like to essentially try and go down to the galleys, whether it be if they just let me, or if oh, I yeah. have to kind of sneak, and essentially converse with Maeve and figure out exactly if you're willing uh, to disclose that information. 
uh, basically why you're in the situation you're in. So they they would be they don't care. They're a bunch of sailors. They're more focused on doing their duties rather than worrying about what's going on with you guys. Uh, again, if this is more of like a passenger vessel, then maybe they'd be a bit more concerned. But this group of sailors is very like meh. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's up to you, Carly. Whether you're, I guess, unless Hazen wants you to roll for it or me to roll for it or something. As far as no, you guys don't have to roll to so, converse. Come on. Uh, now. But yeah, if you want to disclose that information to me privately because you don't want anyone else to know right now, just send it to me. Otherwise, yeah, that's essentially what I would be trying to figure out from you. Um. What do I want to do? You know what? I'm gonna keep it secret just for the just for fun, just for fun. Okay, so are you are you keeping it secret from me too? No, or... I'll I'll tell you. Okay, cool. So since but I'm she's... gonna keep it secret from everybody else. Yeah. Okay. So going off of that, then since she's going to, since Maeve is going to tell Alan, uh, basically her story. Um, if I find out that it's like, she didn't necessarily murder anyone. Uh, essentially, I'm just going to try and bring down, like, extra trinkets of food and things like that. Oh, Aww, that's so nice. You making friends. I mean, I, I would also assume that, like, she's going to the garrison. She's not, like, going to be put in prison over there, if yeah. that makes sense. So I, I'm sure they're probably feeding her decently because they don't want her to be dead by the time no, no, she I'm gets sure, there but i'm sure she's getting like less freedom and food and like i'm gonna try and just bring in little trinkets to, to keep her entertained essentially yeah okay. for sure yeah she told me what so uh going off that absolutely alwyn would 100 percent do that so basically just so everyone has the kind of concept of what this ship is like you guys kind of get this I don't know if you, any of you have ever sailed before. We haven't talked about this, but it's very much a almost comforting feeling being on the sea. Just the vast emptiness and the smell of wood and sailors shouting at each other would almost bring calm to you guys. It, it's very pleasant almost, if that makes sense. Hem or uh, Mal, I gotta start getting ready, getting using you guys' names. Mal, are you doing anything at this point? Nothing really of note. He's going to be mainly just pacing around the deck and spending a lot of time at the front there, just because he's trying to want to get as far away from where they're coming from. Uh, but otherwise, just trying to keep himself diverted so. You know, conversing with some of the sailors, getting to know some of them, uh, being entertained by, in his eyes, the small child with the pan flute. <laughs> and Thanks. Uh, Hazen, have I made money from the sailors with my playing? Uh, let's just see here. Oh, God. This is so I have some retaliation. <laughs> I'd say you probably have made two gold off of them. Yes. So... I should also say, you guys don't really have... I should have mentioned this earlier. When you guys got onto the ship, you guys got most of your gear, like swords, daggers, any sort of weaponry really taken away. And it was... Excuse me, it was left behind. They didn't. They don't want you to have any sort of weaponry that isn't allowed, essentially, on Perdia. 
So most of your most of your stuff has been left behind. You guys have come with the bare essentials. They took my dagger. Basic. Yeah, they took your dagger. They took your any sort of like mostly just weaponry because they don't want you to try and take over the ship. Oh. <laughs> But uh, since you're going to the garrison, you guys know that you're going to get that kind of stuff back, but from the garrison. So you're not overly worried about it, but mostly, like, you guys didn't really come with any sort of extra essentials. You came with the bare minimums, your clothes, and what you could carry. Like, for you, um, like, you would have brought your pan flute and your, and your instruments. Like, they wouldn't have taken those from you, but... Any sort of things that you can go stab stab with, they would have taken away. It's okay. My dagger's the least dangerous thing about me. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. They don't know your magic. <laughs> I say, exactly. So, like, my crowbar and my hammer, uh, all that's gone, too. Yeah, most of that okay. stuff would have I'll been taken away. I'll just clear out the entire burglar's pack, essentially. Maeve, you have nothing other than your clothes on your back. I assumed as much. That, hey, okay. that's not entirely true. I have an iron ball with a chain attached to it. Ooh. This this is, I mean, this is true. Yeah. Just to make sure you don't, like, if you break out of your cell, you're not running. <laughs> no. So, in, I, I, in, uh, you know, just being my mischievous self and seeing the other passengers on the ship, and the only one that seems to be roaming on board would be the tiefling. Uh, I just decide to take one of my random gold coins and flick it at his head. Flick it at his head? <laughs> just flick it at his head. Molly, you see this coin flying at you. What are you going to do? Going to try to catch it, I guess. Right, roll me a dex check, please. I wouldn't make it a dex save. Just make it a straight dex check. Oh. I don't know why that was advantage, but... Roll 13. <laughs> <laughs> We're not we're not that bad. You didn't roll a nat one, which would have been hilarious. It but, would have been just my luck. Yes, yeah, it would have been. So you just like reach out and you just catch it. it. You fumble a little bit, but you're able to catch it. Are you gonna say anything to the gnome who <laughs> just threw a coin at you? <laughs> Are you just gonna just gonna stare at the coin for a moment? He's going to walk over and crouch down to sort of eye level and be like you should be more careful with this little child. These things are very hard to come by. And hand it back to her. Would they have taken my staff? Uh, no. I wouldn't say they would have taken your staff. I bonk him on the head with my staff. <laughs> and take my coin back. I won't now, make you roll damage, but she just clumps <laughs> you on the head. <laughs> That's fair. And then I just scrabble off and start climbing up to the crow's nest. You just, you just, <laughs> Mal, you're just frustrated. It's like a bad anime. You've got this, like, frustrated look on your face with a little red mark right in the center of your forehead. He's just going to mutter to himself and be like, what a strange little child. <laughs> from, from on top, from above, you just hear lots of giggling. <laughs> so, after some time, obviously... Like I said, it's a, it's a full six-week journey, so at about the, just about at the end of it, I'd say about five and a half weeks, you guys all of a sudden come across this, like, really strong storm, and it, it's almost like it came out of nowhere. The storm just starts to batter the sides of the ship and throw the ship back and forth, 
you hear sailors yelling and screaming at each other. But it's almost like the sailors have a calm. It's like they know this storm. It's it, it's like they've ridden through it many times before. I would say that other than maybe Maeve, because she's down on, on the lowers of the boats, if you guys aren't on the deck, it would be terrifying. Because you guys really haven't come across the storm. So aggressive is this storm. And... It lasts almost a full day before, like I said before, like you kind of hit a point where the storm is so bad that it just, you break that, that you breach that point and then all of a sudden it's just nothing. Almost like as if magic, the storm just clears. And when you look back to where the storm was, there was nothing there. And when you look off towards the east, you see a slight green landmass in the distance. And after a few more days of sailing towards that that little dot, you start to see this massive continent kind of like growing on you guys. And after, like I said, that full six weeks, you guys finally dock and land in this beautifully green i want to say i keep wanting to call it a country that's not what i mean this this island of just pure forests and the green is just almost breathtaking how vibrant all of this is It, it it's like a instead of seeing a sea of water you guys are now seeing a sea of green it's just in the smell of of fresh soil, moist earth, and and like wet leaves. It's just intoxicating to you guys. Hey, it's Hazen here, popping in to just say thanks again. Uh, we appreciate everything that you guys have done so far, uh, listening in, uh, rating our podcast, and stuff like that. We really appreciate it, and we really like to keep it going. So if you could recommend us to a friend, that'd be amazing. If you could hop into iTunes, give us likes, give us uh, comments and stuff like that, preferably good comments, that would be fantastic. Again, you can find us pretty much anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that, at the tag Nat1Nation, that's N-A-T, the number one, N-A-T-I-O-N. All right, back to the show. Karina, for you specifically, you kind of know this smell, but this really makes you feel like home. This just, just looking at this makes you feel like home. And as you guys dock, you come up to this small little, uh, let me just uh, switch. I'm going to move you guys over to the outpost. You guys dock in this little, oh good lord, there's already a red line in here. What is this? We already have players deliberately making strange lines <laughs> on my map. So you guys dock in this little outpost that has now been named Valara. It's, I would say, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon at this point when you guys finally come up to the, to the, uh, the, the dock itself. Uh, they put down the gang plate and then you guys start kind of disembarking off the ship. 
to the south of you guys, this is where the garrison is. This is where you have been told to report to. Uh, you can head there. Is there anything you want to know about the area? Like, this is part of the... This is obviously the small little town that you guys helped create. I have no choice. Yeah, you... Maybe you have no choice. <laughs> Plenty of time to explore otherwise, so might as well just go straight to reporting to the garrison, I guess. Perfect. The best part, too, is you guys don't know you're all going to the garrison together, so you guys kind of, like, I would say... Alwyn, you will notice that everyone seems to not really be following you, but you guys are all heading to the same direction. You kind of get that sense that you guys are probably all going to the garrison together. I mean, I would assume, based off the, the time on the boat, that I, Maeve and I kind of know what's going on with each other, correct? If we were making I mean, constant I, contact throughout the time. That's, I guess, yeah, you, you are correct. If you guys are making um, constant contact, you would have a good idea okay. where she's going. Uh, on my way there, then, I would like to... If if I recognize the shifty-eyed tiefling, I would kind of like to keep an eye on him. Poor shifty. I would Sweet. say Mal, on his walk there, he's definitely looking less shifty. As if docking in this new land, it's sort of lifted a bit of a weight off his shoulders there. So he's not acting as suspicious. Okay, then yeah, but... I probably wouldn't pay as much attention then. So like... you guys... Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, like, very, like, excited about the new land and, like, just how at peace and at home it makes her feel. Kina still keeps up her normal persona of looking wild and just walking around playing her pan flute, just having a good time. Uh, but she keeps, like, hyper aware of everything around her. Her her eyes are glittering and wide open, and she decides to just look like she's aimlessly following the tiefling. Mavis, <laughs> the only person she made contact to. Mavis probably trying to trip the guard in front of her with the, her tip of her boot. So when he takes a step, she straight like kicks the underside of his foot to make him trip. That's what she's doing. Okay, well we're gonna roll a check here to see if you trip the guard. <laughs> so you go to like try and like that bad that bad thing that people try to do when they kick out you kick your back foot on the back step to try and make it trip over the front foot. You go to do that, but you completely miss as the guard kind of sidesteps. It's almost like he knows you're going to try something and he sidesteps. And when you go to kick that boot, you slip and fall directly into the mud. Oh. I eat dirt. I love it. In and fairness, just, if if this is the same guard that's been watching her uh, little imprisonment area for the last six weeks, he absolutely would know what she's trying to do. So, the, just for the flavor sense, I rolled a nat 20. Uh <laughs> he 100% knew exactly what you were going to try and do to him as soon as he turned his back. So he was prepared for it the whole time. When she stands back up, she'll smile really wide and have dirt all in her teeth. <laughs> so... Roughly around the same time, you guys all make it to the gate of the, the garrison itself. And right at the gate, you meet this very pleasantly plump dwarf. And she looks at you guys, and the first thing she goes is, Welcome to Perdia! And she, like, tries desperately to make this sound overly exciting. But this this dwarf woman woman looks very haggard she's 
definitely looks very battle-worn and tired. She's a rough-looking kind of older woman, but you can tell you can tell that she's probably drank a few in her time. She's got the rosy cheeks, the rosy nose, and she looks like she's she's trying really hard to pretend to be something she isn't. She looks at the four of you guys and she goes What are your names? Mal is going to step forward and be like Maledictus Odiseo at your service and do a little like bow and kissing the back of her hand. She doesn't even raise her hand to you. You go to reach for her hand, and she just looks at you with disdain. She goes, What is your name? Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, I got you here. Okay, I got you here. Um, uh, Who's next? Who's next? Now, based on the stuff we discussed about my background, uh, I assume I would have some kind of papers that are bringing me here uh, on a duty, or, like, assigning me here kind of thing. I think she would have... That you're here. That, that's what I'm saying. But like, she I wouldn't have to carry why those papers here. here with me. She just knows. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. So I'll I'll step forward with the papers and uh, basically extend my my hand out, offering the papers to her. Uh, I'll tell her Alwyn Valara from the capital of Astara, assigned here. She'll look at you a little confused. She goes, I don't. I don't care where you come from. She pulls the papers out of your hand. She looks at it. She goes, Ah, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, Who else? And she kind of like just shoves the papers into her pocket. (laughs) Like they don't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Maeve will peek her head from around the guard and she'll lift her two chained up hands and she'll wave and she'll go, She'll go, ah, ah. I know exactly who you are. I don't need your introduction. I know exactly where you're going to be. Quiet from you. She'll flash a smile to the lady and still have a bunch of dirt in her teeth. <laughs> and she kind of scans across. There's obviously a few more people standing there and they introduce themselves. And she looks over at uh, Karina and she goes, You must be Karina. Hi. I just, I, I just like trill a few notes on my pan flute at her. Uh, I haven't heard much about you. I am intrigued. And she'll like uh, usher, she'll point out to the other people that aren't obviously in your group and she'll she'll point them to a uh, I want to say a dorm because that's not what they are. Like a barracks. Point them to a a room in the barracks. And she'll look at the group of four of you and she goes well you are going to be an interesting crew. Yes, this will be very interesting. Okay, uh, yes, you will You will come with me and you will. Uh, I will put you in here and you will be a group together. And she'll like kind of force you guys along the path towards where you guys are going to be staying in the garrison. And that's move you over to this map. And she will like bring you guys along the way here to the... This little room I have set up for you guys. And this is where you guys are going to stay. You see a small kind of dark lit room with like a single lantern. There's windows. So the room right now, because it's mid-afternoon, it's fairly like lit up and bright. But you can tell like at night with this single lantern, this room is going to be very dark. Each of you get a bed. 
and a footlocker at the end of your bed. Beyond that, there's not a lot going on here. You have a like a table where you guys can sit at, a bench, a desk. There's just beyond that, there's not a lot going on. She looks at you guys and goes, "Ah, yes, make yourselves at home. We will, uh, we will start tomorrow, and we will uh, tell you what your first assignment is." And she will, like, uh, open the door for you guys, like, really aggressively. You hear the door slam against the wall. Maeve, you have your guard look at you. And then look at uh, this dwarf woman. And uh, she, they'll go, ah, she's your problem now. And they'll just kind of, like, leave you alone and just walk off towards the thing. Am I still chained up? Oh, yeah, you're still chained up. Motherfuck. And then the dwarf lady will come over to you. She goes, Ugh, I do not like how they bring me people like you. And she'll, like, start to fiddle with... The, she's got keys on her, so she'll start to fiddle with your locks and she'll unlock all your... Uh, all your chains and stuff like that. And she goes, Don't worry, I know you won't run away. There's nowhere to go here. It's pretty empty. And she'll give you, like, a little smile. <laughs> Is there, like, a, a pitcher and wash basin in the room? Nope. Quick question. Yes? What happens if I run? There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere for you to go. <laughs> okay, so Maeve's gonna bolt. <laughs> <laughs> so Maeve, if you start to try and run away, she's gonna reach out and she's gonna grab you. You're not gonna roll anything because you're not allowed to get away <laughs> at this point. That's fair. <laughs> And she's going to grab you, and she goes, Ah, ah, honey, I told you, you have nowhere to go. Where are you going to go? Mabel. You have this... T- good. She'll, she'll go, you have this town, and then you have vast wilderness with lots of scary native people. You go nowhere. And she's going to, like, drag you towards the door and shove you in the door. <laughs> As she's dragging me, Mabel will look down at her and wink, and she'll go, Ah, no harm in trying, eh, love? She won't even say anything. She'll just smile and just shove you through the door. <laughs> well, the chain stayed is... with us. It goes silent, and then you both <laughs> talk at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, Mal's just going to saunter in, and he's going to leisurely just flop onto this, the nearest bed to the door there. And... He's just going to kind of cross his legs very, like, without a care and that sort of thing and just think this is the best thing ever. Green is going to wander in after him. This, and it's, like, very, like, gracefully. And you may note her stride is, like, very languid, almost like a loping stride. And she just kind of wanders in, looks around for a moment, decides this is the bed she likes. So she goes over, drops her stuff on top of the chest, strips off her shirt, and falls on the bed. <laughs> so she's just topless? Has pants. Well, she has topless. like a she has a breastband. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna see a little bit more description, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She has standard underclothes for the time period. Alright, cool. Episode one titties. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she's laying there in her trousers and a breastband and just kind of 
snug, like, wiggles around for a moment trying to find the comfy spot, closes her eyes, and within, like, five seconds she's snoring. Is oh, she like. curled up like a dog or a cat? Mm, not not curled up like a cat, like, flopped like a cat. You know when a cat is, like, fully relaxed and they just kind of spread out? I'll, I'll buy it for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, what I was curious about, is the dwarf leaving the chains, or is she taking them? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's taking them away. Like, she's they, she's just undone them, and she's gonna... You would assume she's going to take them away. Damn it. Okay. Who don't want to know what you had planned. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so... Chaos. Maeve, you are inside the door... <laughs> she's just kind of standing in front of the door, kind of giving you a dirty look, but also like somewhat trusting enough to not really worry that you're going to try and take off again. And as you guys all open inside, she goes, Oh, by the way, my name is Helena. I will be your, how you say, uh, quartermaster. No, that's not the right word. She goes, I will be the one that basically gives you orders and tells you where to go. Okay, that's it's all. And she'll slam the door shut and she'll you'll hear the click and the door will lock. <laughs> and she'll like peek around in the window and she goes, holds up the key in front of Mail's or um Maeve's face and she'll go, No running away now, my sweet. And she'll like just hop down and walk away. So you guys are in here now for the afternoon. <laughs> But the strange woman. Green is asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say about five to ten minutes after Helena walks away, uh, I'll yell out to Maeve. And uh, as she turns and looks, I'll toss a small little bag about the size of a pencil case at her. And, uh, just kind of say, let's wet in the time you got, enemy soldier. She will kind of saunter over to the bag, take a peek at the insides. And is it what I'm assuming it is, Jared? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Um, So, let me see. I'm going to take a crack at the old door here. What would I roll if I'm trying to unlock this door, Hazen? I believe you want to roll sleight of hand. Okie dokie. How do you like yourself a 21, my friend? Oof. So you realize that this door probably wasn't that hard to un- unlock. So it's basically just a regular wood door. Honestly, if you had a thought about it, you probably could have just slid the window open. But <laughs> you still spent the time to unlock this door. Uh, what are you going to do with the door open? Uh, Maeve will toss back the bag, and she'll go, You lot coming or what? I'll, uh, I'll grab my bag and hop up and follow. Karina opens an eye, considers for a quick moment, grabs her pack and her shirt. Doesn't bother to put her shirt on, just kind of saunters over, just like, shrugs. Mal figures, well... We've been on a ship for six weeks. It'd be a shame not to take some time to stretch our legs. Perfect. So what are you guys doing now that you're you're out and about? 
So I say Our Lady is probably not uh, there anymore. She's off doing her own thing. Are these weapons actually here, or are they just decorative? No. So at this point right now, there's there's a just a table here. It's just a regular kind of courtyard for this garrison. You can tell that there's probably exercises that they do here, but at the moment, there's it's pretty empty. Is this the way we came in? Yes, it is. Okay, so yeah. that's, then there'd probably be a lot of people out that way. Well, it, it, the town, it, it, it's not super busy. You guys can explore town if you want. Nobody's going to... Honestly, no one's really worried about losing anybody from the garrison at this point. Because, again, the island is... This is pretty much one of your only habitable places at the moment. Civilized, I should say. So I think Alluin just kind of wants to... Uh, he would probably scope out the, the garrison... Yeah, there's not a whole lot to see there. You can see in the garrison itself, across the way, from where you guys are staying, more to the south, there's like a little, I wouldn't say a keep, but more of like an order hall, kind of a very shoddily built stone building with like a wooden roof where you can assume that there's kind of like offices and, and pr like cells for prisoners and stuff like that. Like almost like a police, uh, air quotes, police station for the outpost. Are there people out walking around currently or is it too late in the evening? Uh, I would say you guys probably were in there for a bit. So I'd say it's like mid, like mid to late afternoon. So four or five o'clock. Okay. There would be people kind of moving around, but no one really knows that Helena locked you guys in the room at this point. <laughs> so they're not, they see you come out, they're not really worried about you guys trying to take off. If that makes sense? Yeah, no, no, I'm not oh. trying to run. Alwyn's mostly just, he wants to find people to talk to and see if he can get information on the the settlement that we're in, the garrison, the like political structure, just kind of like what's going on in this area. Uh, yeah, yeah. Karina, Karina considers for a quick second after a, after a look, runs back inside the room, drops her pack, grabs her money bag, and comes back out, still not bothering to put on her shirt. <laughs> and then she looks again and grabs Mal's hand and just starts tugging him off in this direction. <laughs> Karina thinks she found a friend. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> <laughs> Mal is just going to look over at his shoulder at Alwyn and Maeve and just sort of shrug his shoulders as this small child is dragging him off. You'd you think Mal, uh, Mal would have noticed by now she's not a small child considering <laughs> she doesn't have a shirt on. Mal could be probably a little naive. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one title. <laughs> so yeah, what else is everyone else, like... So obviously, uh, Karina and Mal are leaving the garrison. What are you two doing? Like I said, I'm going to look for people to talk to and kind of scope out the area. I'll gesture to see if Maeve wants to join, but it doesn't seem likely. She probably will not, solely because she doesn't know if she's allowed to be out places. So she doesn't want to go where official people are going to see her out places. <laughs> 
Honestly, you guys probably want to go to the tavern to meet the locals. There is a tavern in town. That sounds like something Maeve wants to do. Sounds like a good place for information. So yeah, you, you guys are welcome to head in that direction. Uh, like I said, it's about, about 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock. So, I mean, the tavern would just start getting busy. Maeve will look at Alwyn and she'll say, uh, bye now. I won't say no. Perfect. So, you guys kind of all start heading into more the middle of town again. Uh, I will show you on this map. Right about center of town is the little tavern. Little tavern? That's like the second biggest building in the whole map. Well, it's it's like a tavern in an inn, wife. Okay, thank you. You just said tavern. Not that I'm opposed well, to a big ta- tavern. Well, big tavern just, holds more beer. More beer equals good. Had to stir good. the pot. That's what you had to do. Correct. Yep. There is a reason why Maeve is created by me. It's because Maeve basically is me. A giant <sighs> shit disturber. <laughs> so. <laughs> this, this is where we were, right? No. Where no. Were, okay, down. where were we? Where's the game? We were, yeah, down here. So that is kind of like okay. the so the that's where the religious faction is, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say like the leaders of the city are in the kind of like west or sorry east side of the city where they've kind of cordoned themselves off with walls, kind of trying to make it like they have their own little keep. <laughs> so. so Karina's gonna, like, pull Mal around in, like, a very, like, strange path throughout the town, just looking at things and randomly playing her pan flute and waving to people and just listening and seeing what the talk is and learning about the town. We just kind of go over there and then end up at the tavern. Mal is just (laughs) sort of letting it happen, but he's also sort of panicking a little bit, being like, um, small child, you should probably put your shirt back on. There's a lot of people you maybe don't want to show that sort of thing. Krita just looks at him going, looks at him with like a crooked head, and looks down, looks back up at him, shrugs and keeps going. (laughs) Well, I tried. (laughs) By the time that they get to the tavern, her shirt is back on. Mostly because she was getting cold. <laughs> so you guys get to here. Um, as you approach the tavern, there is a little sign that it's just kind of, good lord, can this load better? So after a time, you guys can finally all approach this little tavern, um, obviously called the Nervous Lantern, as you can see on my lovely map here. Woo. The map which guys... will be able to be found on you know, various channels that are... <laughs> but we will talk about that later. <laughs> As you guys enter into the tavern and see, like, it's not super busy. It, you can hear like just the regular kind of cacophony of noises that comes from a regular hustle and bustle of a tavern. As you approach the bar, you see this... Busty tiefling standing on the other side of the tavern. And I'm so ready for this. Does she, she have turns, a southern accent? She turns to you and goes, Hey there, honey. Can I get you guys anything? And she's kind of just standing there cleaning a mug. Krita, Krita looks to Mal at his horn, looks over at the, the barmaid in the back, in the back, in the back. And then she just, just, just gets this very excited smile on her face. Uh, after she does this, she holds up her pan flute. 
points to it and then points at the big fireplace. Basically, with an, a questioning look on her face, like, is it good for me to go play? She'll get a big smile on her face and she'll go, Sugar, of course you can go and play some music. I would love to hear you play something for me. Happily, Karina bounces off over to the fire and thinks for a moment before <laughs> pulling out her pan flute considerably, and then, then puts the pan flute away, pulls out her lyre, and breaks out into song the first time anybody has ever heard her speak. <laughs> As she's about ready to start singing, she'll look the rest of you and go, Guys, is, is there a... Is there anything that I can get for you? Maybe just, we'll just pull. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, FYI, um, for Jared, Hemza, and Carly, this is their happiest day in the world because I have brought back a dead character that was absolutely one of their favorite characters <laughs> in our D&D. You can't throw a big titty southern bell at us and not expect us to love her. <laughs> And yet, like, we had the most disdain for the actual, like, the meme that you posted on our at Nat One Nation Instagram page. You should go give that a gander. Um, when you were saying, like, it was the meme that it was, like, the player, the non-playable characters that I put so much time and effort to develop. And it's, like, the Gordon Ramsay, like, you, f- you Muppet, and then that sort of thing. And it's, like, the character that I, like, panic put together at the last second. And it was, like, the party favorite. Meet Bella, the busty tiefling, a southern belle of pure delight and enjoyment for everyone's satisfaction. We love Bella. And I will do my best to not have her die, okay? We appreciate your efforts, Which, sir. by the way, was your guys' fault because you rolled the death, so... You let Rob roll. That's you, true. Yeah. That's your fault. <laughs> But anyways, continue. Uh, Maeve will just hold up two fingers at Bella, signifying two ales, to clarify. I understand that. Okay. And she'll... Oh, that's no problem, honey. And she'll just literally reach under the counter and just pull up, like, like, again, almost like magic, and just slam two full ales down in front of you. Nice. Maeve will slide one over to Alwyn, and then she'll look over at Bella and she'll say, You and I are going to be fast friends, lady. She and looks at you meanwhile, and goes, in the background, uh, various round, uh, 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 sea shanties start, uh, sound of sea shanties just start filling up the tap. So that's what I'm starting with. Which, as you say that too, a lot of the people from this town were at one point sailors, so a lot of them are getting really into you, like singing these songs. Can I get a performance check from you? Ask folks. I mean, most of the, I would say most of the patrons in the bar are getting a little tipsy. Even at a seven, they're, they're like, at first, they're like, oh, this isn't great. But then they kind of like, they start grooving. They get it's into like, it, 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 you know? It likes, it takes me a little time to warm up. It, it, they're like, okay, yeah, 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 I like this song. I could sing along. And then the whole, uh, the group of. Bring the sugar and tea and rum. <laughs> they all start busting into these songs as well with you and, and the whole tavern itself kind of just bursts into life if that makes sense Mal are you uh, distracted by this southern bell or not because you haven't said anything for a while 
Oh no no, uh, he's <laughs> he's playing it cool. He's quirking a very well sculpted eyebrow at her every now and then when she <laughs> kind of glances his way. He's just gonna play cool. She'll come to him if need be. <laughs> are you getting anything? Or are you just telling me that you're trying to play it cool? Because <laughs> no, right now, if you don't get anything, you're not playing it cool. <laughs> he'll get an ale. He'll, he'll be like, oh yes, if I could get one of your finest ales, my dear. And she'll turn to you and go, well, I haven't heard one of those accents for a long time. You are a handsome young fellow, aren't you? And she'll pull out another beer and slam it down in front of you. And she goes, well, it takes oh. beauty to recognize beauty. Uh, sure. <laughs> really was the gay sound necessary. <laughs> I, d I didn't even, like, voluntarily do this that. It reflexive. just happened. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the Hazen Hems a love affair brought to life. <laughs> Jared, you're just jealous. She'll, she'll she'll come over to you and she'll reach out and she'll like just touch your kind of like face mullet and <laughs> and she'll face just go. Mullet, what? what is a face mullet? <laughs> face, face I call them, mullet? They call them a face mullet. <laughs> <laughs> face. That's it. That's it. Episode one. Title: Face Mullet. Jeez. Titties and face mullet. <laughs> she'll, she'll gently caress your face, and she goes, "Sugar, that's a sweet thing you to say, but this is not something that's gonna happen." <laughs> Oof. Ah, you break my heart, my dear, but. Time goes on. Time is a funny thing. Love is a she, funny thing. She looks at you and she goes, Honey, I've broken a lot of men's hearts, and that's why I say it's just not gonna work. Is there, like, peanuts well. or something in a bowl on the bar? Oh, yeah, 100%. So Maeve has the hand or the bowl of peanuts in her hand, and she's crunching away watching this happen, and she just passes them to Alwyn over her shoulder. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you're not passing to me, I'm just gonna like reach over your shoulder occasionally. Uh, the the music has faded from a sea shanty to uh, this particular song, "The Widow and the Devil," because it's getting sexy here. Oh, okay. As I'm like reaching over, I'll slowly just kind of like move my head next to yours over your shoulder. I'm just gonna be like, "What's going on here? What are we watching? What what disaster is this?" Uh, she'll just say, "Does does Mal overhear this?" Uh, I'm gonna say no. You're a little distracted by the fact that you just got turned down by this beautiful southern bell. With big old and the the sound of the music as well is is drowning out a lot of any of the ambient sound. Or should I? Uh, sorry, the ambient sound is drowning out anything that you can probably hear. So I wouldn't say you would be able to hear exactly what they're saying, especially if they're whispering. Okay. Yeah, um, so otherwise Mal will just move on from that. He's he's had his heart broken enough times that he can just bounce back from that, so um, he'll otherwise just take a big old swig of the ale and just say, So what brought you to these shores, my dear? 
What is a beauty such as yours doing in this savage land? <laughs> She'll get like, like one of those normal like. Oh god, I'm seriously gonna say this. <laughs> she, <laughs> like one of those bad anime moments where she's gonna get right up close to you and kind of lean over the counter, and you like can see the just big old natural cleave, and she's gonna go, <laughs> "Honey, look around you." You see this here tavern that I have? She goes, I wouldn't have had this back home. This place is an absolute perfect place to grow and start anew. She kind of like gestures around to the place. And, you, and Mal, as, as she kind of looking around, you kind of you get that feeling of a fresh start. You see a lot of... There's a couple of dwarves. There's some... There's... A half-orc, some humans. A lot of them are just all mixed together, kind of like locking arm in arm. People like arms on shoulders and stuff like that. And they're all singing along now to um, Karina. And you kind of get that feeling of, yeah, this... I can understand. This is... This seems like it's going to be a good, fresh start. Hmm. I see. And... This new untouched land, I'm sure there's plenty of adventure. Are there any any things of interest that you would say for, for someone who's new to these shores? Uh, she'll continue talking to you, and she'll go, well, there's, there's lots of... We've recently discovered a lot of ruins in the area and stuff like that. There's, uh, like, temples, old temples and stuff. Uh, things that we don't really understand yet. We have some people kind of trying the best to learn about some of this stuff. She looks around at the crew, or at the group of people and, sh and stuff like that. She goes, but there isn't a lot of really overly intelligent folk here. <laughs> and she kind of, like, gestures to the crowd. And you notice that a lot of them are, like miners woodworkers and stuff like that like they're very this a lot of the group that's in here right now are very hands-on um but she goes honestly it, outside of this this town here it's it's not overly safe this the wilds here in in Perdia are just that wild she'll you kind of see like a, a a look of worry come over her face. She goes, "There's some strange creatures that roam these forests, honey, uh, sugar. I don't, I don't want your pretty face going out there and and getting getting mauled by some sort of monster." At that, Maeve, who's still eating the peanuts, will like choke and laugh a little bit. <laughs> Ah, uh, you need not worry, my dear. I've had my scrapes with misfortune and still looking as pretty as this, as you say. But might be worth that, because even though I've joined the garrison nearby, uh, it's, it would be nice to go out and get the lay of the land and perhaps look into some of these strange occurrences there. But... Anyways, I, I leave you to this, my dear. I would be a selfish, selfish tiefling if I were to keep you all to myself. I will let you tend to your other patrons. Thank you. 
before you're able to get up, she's going to reach out and grab, like, your forearm to keep you there for just a second. She goes, Before you leave, though, honey, I would just warn you, the natives of this land are... I would say terrifying. There's a lot of people that have gone missing in these forests. Just be careful. If you're in that garrison, I would just be careful where you're going and what you're doing. She'll kind of like let your let her hand your arm up, and she'll kind of not like a look of like terror, but more worry. Um, you can tell that this this lovely lady has seen a lot of people come and go out of these this tavern. Some for the good, some for the bad, but you can tell that she has gotten to know a lot of people and has a look of worry for you and your companions at this point. Mal will reach back across and put a comforting hand on her arm and say, Worry not, I've seen some truly terrifying things in my life. I promise you, on the honor of my name, you will see me back here in this tavern, and I will enjoy your finest ale and regale you with the story of my adventures. I'm gonna whisper to Maeve, This is terrible, but I can't look away. <laughs> She's literally biting her finger because she's trying to hold in a laugh. <laughs> I'm assuming they've been speaking for like five or ten minutes, which Karina's been playing that entire time. I'm guessing that's the, the time frame, Hazen. Yeah, rough. I would say roughly about that, if okay. not 15 minutes or so. so. Like yeah, this. so she's, she's gone through quite a few songs. Her throat is a little parched. She's gonna let the last song peter out and take a bow and then uh, point to the bar, basically signaling... I need a drink. Uh, so she's gonna wander back over. So uh, you point at the bar, and before you even like, before you even realize that you're pointing at the bar, there's already a beer sitting there waiting for you. Ah, is it a big one? Oh yeah. Good. That's what she says. Good lady. Good lady. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, I, sweet I, I bound back over and, and grab my beer. Give give the the barmaid a big big grin and is okay so this table that's an orc uh half orc half orc uh male female what's their general like demeanor uh so uh it's a female half orc um she was definitely enjoying your songs but you could tell she's quite a few beers in at this point Krina likes her already. She, so after grabbing her beer, Krina's going to go over. Instead of sitting on a chair, she's going to climb on the chair, sit on the table next to the half-orc right here, and just look at her expectantly. <laughs> and start drinking her beer. She'll just shrug and con continue to keep drinking her beer. She's not going to stop you from sitting at the table with her. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Krina feels she's made another so, after a while, you guys kind of enjoy your night out. It gets pretty late, and you guys kind of obviously start heading back towards your garrison. At this point, this is pretty much the only place you guys can stay. You don't really have a lot of money, so... Did Karina make any money? Oh, no, you didn't make any money at that point. Bella gave you a beer. I would I like say beer. that your your beer was on the house. I agree with but this. But beyond that, she... I mean, this is a small town. She's 
trying to run a business, she's not going to pay a random stranger to play in well, the bar. <laughs> I was thinking if I had gotten any coin from the patrons. Oh, no. They, they were all too drunk to think about that kind of stuff. Okay. Valid. She's not well-known enough yet. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys kind of all head back towards your garrison in your bunks. Green is several beers in now. Oh, yeah, you guys are, anyone who wants to be liquored up, you're liquored up at this point. Karina definitely is, and probably about halfway back, she kind of just stumbles and falls against Mal. <laughs> Mal is just going to let out a bit of a, like, exasperated sigh and just scoop her up and just carry her the rest of the way. Karina likes her new friend. <laughs> Maeve will call to the two of them and she'll say... At least you got to take a last home tonight. Oh, no, don't don't mistake that. That was Bella at the bar. That is a lass, as you say. No, this is this is just a child I'm caring for. Karina lightly snores. <laughs> so you guys all get back in your garrison. You kind of, like, start to bunk up for the night. Mal, you're kind of, like, milling around trying to get yourself sorted out. Um, and when you actually open up your trunk to pack in any of the clothes that you have, you get a big surprise when you see something very familiar to you sitting in the bottom of that trunk. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Mal's okay. going to quickly look around to see if any of the others are looking over. Oh. Oh. Um, just so everyone knows, in Discord, my wife made a point of saying that in the trunk there is a dildo. It's horse sized. Which um, I was trying to keep it family friendly, Hazen. Yeah, but when everyone just starts laughing for no reason, you, you gotta say something. I mean, I figured that was just gonna be maybe, like, edited out <laughs> or something like that. That's what I assumed. Yeah, you keep that nonsense No, in. that nonsense stays in. <laughs> well, it was a dildo, oh, is what I God. said, everybody. It's it's not. Um, so being right next to Mal, would I notice the dildo in the trunk? Roll me perception. That is plus four, 16. I wouldn't say you saw what was in there, but you saw the look on his face. And it was... I don't know, Mal. Would I, would I be right in saying terror? Yes, very much. <laughs> and not because it's a dildo. It's because it's not. It's just massive. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the terror inside of how big it is. <laughs> Oh god. Um or would so, that be more excitement? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> uh so Mal I guess would I roll my own perception to see if Alwyn was kind of trying to peek? Yeah, of course you can. I like I mean actually Roll with disadvantage, because you're very distraught. Okay. I'll roll another one there. So, 15. Am I, I would say that roll with anything, or no? No, no. So, no. he's just okay. checking to see if you noticed. It's You already saw him freaking out, so... You noticed that 
when you start panicking, you're kind of like looking around um, almost like as a reaction rather than thinking about what you're doing. And you see that Alwyn, is that how you say it? I got to get used to your name. <laughs> yeah, Alwyn. You see that Alwyn's like literally staring at you. I would say with like a raised eyebrow. <laughs> Carly, can you demonstrate that for us? Fuck you. Mal is just going to give a little kind of chuckle to play it off and then he's gonna be like sorry i thought there was a uh a mouse or something at the bottom of uh my trunk there a mouse huh Ooh, deception check <laughs> all right yeah halloween i i would say you would you would be like oh well this place is pretty gross so i could see there being mouse running mice running around in here but yeah you guys kind of like at that are kind of get ready and i'm sure Karina has already completely fallen asleep. Oh, she was snoring before she even got into the room. I'm pretty sure that's why Mel so, had to carry her. <laughs> <laughs> that is precisely so you- why Mel had to carry her. <laughs> <laughs> but I still love how nobody has disabused from the fact that Karina is not a child. <laughs> <laughs> we go episode one so i just want to say thanks again and also bring up if you guys want to find another way to support us if you like what we're doing we'd really appreciate the help you could find us over on patreon we have some links in our bios in twitter as well as instagram Uh, basically i've set it up so far that if you're interested in knowing and seeing and playing in some of the areas that we've played in you can find any of the maps that i've made for this over there so Give it a look. We'd appreciate it. That's all.